Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wheat Among the Tares. A blessing to have you this morning. We appreciate you joining us. Trust the program is going to be a blessing to you this morning. We do have a special guest with us, Dr. David Gibbs. Be introducing him in just a moment. But, uh, Pastor, first of all, welcome to you this morning. Yes, sir. Good morning to you and all you that are listening this morning. Thank you for being with us. Blessing to have you. And we have a third party in the uh, studio with us this morning, Brother Brad Lindsay. Brad, good to have you with us this morning. Great to be with you guys this morning. It is. I know it is. We are going to be discussing a subject this morning that, um, unfortunately, uh, has to be discussed. And um, we are going to be going to, to Dr. Gibbs in just a minute. One of the things I did want to bring up this morning, and uh, Pastor and, and Brad both mentioned it to me before we went on the air, and that is the case involving Pastor Tim Stevens up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, with Fairview Baptist Church. And we know he had been arrested uh, for meeting outside um, due to the COVID regulations and whatnot. And so we have been doing a search this morning, and we cannot find any update information on him. So as a result of that, we are assuming that he must be still being held in jail. I'm sure that if he had been released, we would have uh, we could find something about yeah. that. So for those of you listening and, and have been following that story, uh, we'd ask you to continue to pray for him that uh, the Lord would free him from that particular situation and that the Lord's glory would be made manifest in that. But uh, continue to pray for him, his wife, and I think they have four children. And uh, we, we certainly do want to continue to pray for them. Well, we're, without any further ado, uh, I want to bring in uh, Dr. David Gibbs. Dr. Gibbs, welcome to Wheat Among the Tares this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. What an honor to be with you. It is a Thank blessing you, to have you aboard, sir. And, um, you know, we wanted to talk about, and we had discussed this, or at least via text, uh, prior to our broadcast this morning, but uh, this whole situation with uh, gender, the transitional gender situation, and everything that's been uh, pushed at us from a media standpoint, and uh, Dr. Gibbs, what we first of all, uh, we know that there's probably cases that are coming toward you, for the lack of another term, um, with this recent Supreme Court failing to even address the issue and letting a lower court ruling stand. First of all, I wanted to ask you what you are facing with regard to cases and what kind of calls are you getting regarding the impact potentially on churches? Well, this is an incredibly complex issue. And when we talk about all these transgender issues, uh, you have to understand it's in categories right now. And let me give the categories. There are people who want to exercise what they call a transgender right. That means they were born a, a female and they want to be a male or they were born a male and they want to be a female but then they split from there some of them say i'm going to transgender but i'm going to go back and forth so some days they're a male some days they're a female and then they even go further and say some days i'm both and then they have another gender designation they say some days i'm a nun an N-O-N-E, not N-U-N, but an N-O-N-E. I'm, I'm neither. 
and they've argued we should have the right to do all of this, then some say we should be able to do this without any recrimination. In other words, we don't have to undertake therapy. Uh, we don't have to do anything with hormones. We don't have to surgically do anything. Others say, no, it has to be surgically altered. There's massive confusion right now as to what are the categories. And the law right now is treating all of these categories with some differences. So when somebody says, what about the gender issues that are coming, we're finding at the Christian Law Association, the first thing you got to do is understand, among them, there's a whole explore of issues that come. And we're having this happen in Sunday schools. They come in and say, we we are sometimes a boy or sometimes a girl, and we want to use the restroom we identify with. We're having this happen in Christian schools a great deal. Uh, schools are saying, you know, do we have to give them this right to keep flipping back and forth on which, which restroom they're going to use? And then we also have them coming in uh, and saying, I should have the right just to have this protected, even though I don't want to exercise it. You have to change your beliefs to give me protection, even if I never take a step to exercise those rights. And it has become a nightmare. Uh, the churches want to reach out and, and help these people. Uh, their hope is the gospel of Jesus Christ Amen. and the power of the Lord in their lives. And so they, they want to reach them with the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. But what are our rights to say, listen, you can't just walk into any restroom, or you just can't identify. Uh, we've had cases where they've come in and said, uh, today I'll sit in the uh, youth department for girls. Next week it'll be for boys. We're having it with adults. Sometimes I'll sit in the men's Sunday school class, sometimes in the women's. And uh, on Mother's Day, uh, we we had a host of calls where people are saying, I'm here as a female today, and because I was a biological father, I now have the right to claim I'm a mother, and they want to be recognized for that. This mm -hmm. issue, which, which I never dreamed would become an issue for churches, uh, has just sprouted. We're also having it in the corporate scene. Uh, we're having people call all the time saying, the company I work for is requiring me uh, to say, I will identify with the pronoun that somebody wants, even though that's not their birth pronoun. So I have to refer to them by whatever they say. Uh, we're having people that own businesses. Uh, I was on the phone just recently with uh, a person with a, a, a wonderful business, a uh, it, it, it is a franchise that you can buy if you can get one. And they're saying all of a sudden we're having people in our business say they want to be identified with something other than they were born and want to use restrooms at will and dress back and forth. So in the morning they're one thing and in the afternoon they're another thing. We're also having Christian school teachers uh, that are teaching in the public sector schools. Uh, we have uh, in Florida, uh, a gym coach that's being told, you have to take uh, girls into the boys' shower room and stand there and let them, because they're identifying as a boy. And these teachers are saying, no, 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 I can't do that. The same thing is happening to female teachers. And we've lacked great definition on success. 
In other words, we're not wrong on what the biblical approach to this should be. The question is, what's the law going to be? And candidly, this Supreme Court decision that just came down, and it's not a decision, they refuse to hear it. Exactly. We're going to have to have some definition. And then the Christians are going to have to stand. Now, let me make sure that, that everyone understands. These people, in my opinion, as with all of us, need the Lord in their lives. Amen. Amen. All right. This is, I mean, I, I feel for these young people that have had this convincing thing done on their mind and their intellect to somehow make them think they're multiple genders. Um, nothing like that ever existed or was ever talked about at any place. Now, all of a sudden, it has spread across America. I mean, you have a gubernatorial candidate uh, running in, in uh, on a conservative ticket in California yes, uh, that was a prior Olympian athlete. And everybody is saying, well, is this the new standard for America? That's question number one. And it certainly appears that it is. But number two, what does our faith allow us to do? Are we going to have First Amendment protections for God's people with our faith? That's the issue right now. Amen. Brad, you have a question. Uh, Dr. Gibbs, um, if I'm a pastor listening right now across the United States, feeling overwhelmed by these issues, um, Grimm versus Gloucester County School Board doesn't necessarily directly reflect upon churches. But if I'm a church leader, what should I be thinking right now? How do I respond to this issue? What can I do to protect my church? Uh, several things. Number one, <clears throat> make sure you have your faith in print. And we tell this to people all the time. Your bylaws, your constitution and bylaws, absolutely essential that your beliefs be clearly spelled out. Um, we had this, you know, I believe this. We've just never put it in print. The court is very clear right now nationwide. What's not in print is considered arbitrary and capricious and very difficult, if not impossible, to protect. So the first thing they want to do is get their beliefs locked down. And, and we tell everybody, don't do this unkindly. Don't do this mean. This is designed to say this is what we believe the scriptural position is and this is what we believe based on what the scripture has to say. The second thing, make sure their church knows what this church's belief is. Uh, we've had people come to us and they've said, well, this has been our belief for a long time, but our people have never heard anything about this. We've never made our beliefs known. You want to be sure that your church family clearly has it in print and that they understand it. Then you must enforce it. But be ready. Somebody is going to come in and say, um, we want to use the opposite restroom or we want to do something where you have to change your beliefs and identify us by a gender pronoun we pick. We're telling everybody, have your people ready. Um, your people that are there that are your greeters, uh, people there that are your Sunday school teachers, yes. have your staff ready to address this issue. At the Christian Law Association, we literally get calls on this. I think I can safely say multiple times a day asking these issues. And they've got to be ready to address it and decide. Bear in mind, this school in the Grimm case went so far as to put in 
restrooms that were transgender just for this student. And the court said that's not sufficient. Okay, so in other words, you have restrooms that both boys and girls can use because it's just a one-purpose restroom. And we're watching lots of churches now start to put one-purpose restrooms in. Businesses are doing the same thing. Is that, is that going to be sufficient? Is, is the court going to recognize that? Yes. It does not appear so from the Grimm decision because this Virginia school uh, did that and did not get any protection from the Supreme Court. Now, once again, the Supreme Court has not spoken. Um, I want to be very careful. This is a decision that, that I don't think is right, but we still don't have Supreme Court guidance on this. That's true. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Dr. David Gibbs, president and founder of the Christian Law Association. And, uh, Counselor, you've certainly given us a lot to think about already this morning. Pastor Williamson, I know you have a question. Yeah, at the Dr. Moment. Gibbs, uh, my question would be how spelled out um, in your bylaws does it need to be? I mean, at what we're facing now, um, would it need to be addressed as far as the restrooms making a statement that only biological males can use the male men's restroom and biological females? I mean, when you say cover yourself, to what extent does the wordage need to be? Yes. Um, at the Christian Law Association, we provide some suggested sample language. And the more specific it is, the better. Now, bear in mind, it starts not with restroom issues. It sure. starts the pronoun they want to be addressed by, okay? And so, and we're having this go way beyond the church. We're having Christian parents call saying, my child just said that they have the right to make me address them by the opposite pronoun of their birth. And Christian parents are saying, we don't want to do that. We've had grandparents uh, have difficulty with this. And a grandparent is being told, you must flip and, and honor what I want, and they're saying, no, we can't do that. And, and by the way, these parents and these grandparents love these children. Yeah. And, and they want to they wanna honor the Lord, but they're being asked to do something that they believe contravenes an absolute clear standard in Scripture. And so it, it has become, again, something that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, Pastor. Yeah, me either, brother. This has just... If you'd have told me 10 years ago that these would be things that we'd be dealing with, I'd have said, I don't think so. I don't think America's going to go in that direction. How quick and how quick America has fallen into suit. And and here we are. Yes. And let me just say this, too. They have captured the heart and the mind of the media nationwide. Uh, I have been surprised at how quick all of the media outlets immediately start referring to people by genders other than they were born with, if that's what they say they want. And so it it is just profound what's happened to the bedrock of understanding in the country. And the faith is clear on these issues. Um, They want to go back against what God created. And no question, the Bible says God created man and woman. Yes, he did. He did. Dr. And Gibbs, not trying to be difficult with them. Yes, I was going to say um, we are certainly living in the last days for sure, and you have certainly borne that out in your 
uh, comments thus far. Brad, I believe you had a question for Dr. Gibbs. We, we, Dr. Gibbs, we have other listeners that are listening right now that aren't pastors. They're Christians in a secular workforce. You've addressed the churches and how they should protect themselves. What are the rights of an individual working in a public workplace in these issues and having to refer to a coworker by their personal pronoun? How do they respond to that? What protections does an individual worker have? Uh, our recommendation on that, again, is be respectful, be kind, but let them know this violates your faith. And one of the things that is now working its way through that, that, that we've been involved with is you are entitled to First Amendment rights in the workplace. Do we have the right in how we refer to coworkers? Okay, many of these companies that are coming out with this are saying not only must you refer to them by the gender they want, you must encourage that. So it's not just a matter of accepting it, but these companies are saying we want to have a corporate attitude and a corporate culture that encourages this. And these Christians are saying, I'm a good worker. I enjoy working for this company but I can't ever agree to the encouragement of it because of my faith, and I can't keep flipping and acceding to these pronouns. Um, I'm sure you've seen lots of colleges now are coming out, and on the applications, uh, I believe it was the University of Michigan that I saw this for. It might not have been, but I think it was, where they're saying you can list the pronouns you want, and it'll be the responsibility of all the teaching staff to flip back and forth, even if you want to change it. And so Christians in the workplace, be sure you know what you believe. Be respectful about it. But you are entitled to have your First Amendment rights honored in that workplace. We are talking with Dr. David Gibbs with Christian Law Association, if you're just joining us. Um, Dr. Gibbs, I see, and this is just a, a perception on my part, but... As more and more of this comes at us, to me, I'm seeing this as a noose, if you would, that is slowly tightening around the Christians of this country uh, with constantly forcing uh, through policy, through protocols, uh, to absolutely try to silence the churches. And you bring the point up about First Amendment, and really that is, uh, in my mind, in what you've brought forth this morning, that is the key, the key element as far as a means by which we can push back against what is being pushed at us. And I see that ultimately, and, and, and maybe I'm maybe it's already been decided something I'm not thinking about at the moment, but I see that is the ultimate battleground, uh, for Christians versus, uh, not only the Grimm decision, but Obergefell and, and the rest of these that have come at us, uh, to try to absolutely silence us in any and all ways that, that, um, that they can possibly do that. It, it, is that a, is that a good observation? That's a legitimate observation, in my opinion. <clears throat> Please understand, 
the other side, and we deal with lawyers and, and, and advocacy groups on the other side on a regular basis, they are convinced that they're going to prevail, number one. But the most frightening thing is they're convinced the Christians will accede and give in. Uh, they've said the, the conservatives have given in on this. Uh, understand, overwhelmingly, the conservative position in America is that this is okay. And and very powerful people in Congress and the Senate and everything say this is okay, that are conservatives. And so the question is, will our faith be honored? And will we stand? Uh, one of the things that has been difficult, we've had such incredible liberty in America. What are we willing to pay a price for? Yes, sir. Where are the lines? Exactly. That's not just speaking to this issue. This is speaking to all of the religious liberty issues. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I tell everybody, there are things the Bible commands us to do. We don't do them because we have a constitution. We do them because we have a Bible. And the question is, what are we going to stand for? Uh, Can they? Uh, come back and say, which is what they're saying, if you don't let your child or a child uh, be referred to by the gender they want, that's child abuse. That That is literally abuse to a child, and they have the right to initiate procedures to take that child. Are God's people going to stand with these issues? And uh, I tell everybody, Our forefathers understood there were issues of religious liberty, and it's in the scriptures so clear that people give their lives for it because it's so biblically clear. Now the question is, where are we? And I'm I'm fearful that a lot of people are going to give in on this. I'm also positive there's going to be a remnant that will not give in, a remnant that will stand and stand true. And what is the court? What is the country going to do with them? Yes, sir, because Dr. Gibbs, from what Brother Blake had just mentioned and what you said, the concern is um, the Supreme Court has not ruled. We talked about exercising our First Amendment right, but the Supreme Court not hearing these things and not giving guidance to uphold our First Amendment right, um, I'm afraid, as you said, that Christians only want to take a stand if they feel like that the First Amendment will be held up in this country. And as soon as the law does not protect them, they'll cave in on a scriptural precedent. And we have to make our mind up that the reason we do what we do is, and in the right spirit and in love and in our convictions, is we obey God rather than men. And we know the fear of man bringeth the snare. We know that. And believers have to make their mind up. They're going to obey God and do what is right and obey the truth, whether the law will uphold our First Amendment right or not. Exactly. And that's, and I think just the fear of being persecuted, the fear of, of loss, the fear of, the fear of loss of a job. Well, if I don't cave into this, the, the First Amendment, the Supreme Court is not upholding it, then I may lose my job. Well, would you rather keep your character and be right with God instead of have your job? And so I think those are the things that, that believers are, that I'm fearful that believers are going to start caving in because of those pressures. You're absolutely correct. Uh, One of the things that I've been asked hundreds, maybe thousands of times, but for sure many hundreds of times, 
Because here's what I believe. Can we win? Can we win? And I tell them, uh, would you still stand if we can't win? Exactly. My pastor, Roy Thompson, uh, at the Cleveland Baptist Church, said something to me decades ago that changed my life. He said, remember, we're not commanded to win. We're commanded to stand. Amen. Well he put. Said, Amen. All the stands stand fast. He said, standing is our part. Winning is in God's hands. Yes, sir. Now, I, I like to prevail in these because I passionately believe they're right. I believe that it honors the Lord. It honors the Scriptures. And truly, it is what, without a doubt, is in the best interest of these dear people that are grappling with these issues. Yes, sir. I mean, they need the Lord to help them in their lives. We Mm -hmm. all do. But the bottom line is, we're commanded to stand. And what are you going to do with the verse, train up a child and the way he should go, and when he grows old, he'll not depart? That child is to be trained by mom and dad. That child is to be trained by the church, sure. and and these issues fall right dead set within that. Dr. Gibbs, uh, Christian Law Association, over fifty years uh, of service so far. What's the future look like for you guys? Where where are you taking the organization? And encourage our listeners this morning with a, a word, if you would, as we end the program. Well, I want to encourage the people. This is the most exciting time to be a Christian, I believe, that's ever existed in America. For God's people, I believe this time is more exciting than our founding, because the issue of right and wrong, Bible and con, you know, going against the Scriptures, has never been clearer on, on a whole list of issues. So this is an exciting time for God's people to stand. And we understand from Scripture that perilous times are going to come. That's the season in which we live. Mm -hmm. And by God's grace, uh, we're commanded to stand right now. We are overwhelmingly blessed of God prevailing in our issues and prevailing in our cases. But they are coming at us like an avalanche. I bet. If there was ever a time, I'm telling everybody, boy, go to your pastor, get active in your local church, you want to do something for America, get active in your local church. Nothing will help more than that. Amen. And whatever you do, stand, stand. With grace, with kindness, uh, you know, I always warn people, let your speech be always with grace. That's what the Bible commands. Amen. And Amen. so as we get into these issues, uh, we're not here to, quote, tear somebody's head off. That's so yes, anti-Christian. Sure okay? is. We're here to be Jesus Christ in this world. Amen. Not that we are, but to represent him. Yes, sir. Ambassadors. His grace and his love. And right now, these lawsuits are going well, but everybody's now trying to read what did the Supreme Court mean when they didn't take this up. Was that a good sign? Was that a bad sign? Personally, I think it's a verboting sign because they left standing something we wanted them to address. Everybody was waiting for this decision to come down. And by the way, there are dozens and dozens of critical decisions in the pipeline. They're working their way up. We have some that are working their way along. And the whole question right now is pray for these lawsuits. Pray for these judges. 
Counselor, we're going to get Pastor Williamson to pray with you before we end this broadcast today. And uh, once he has completed praying for Christian law and for those that, that are facing, uh, including Christians as a whole, I want you to take just a minute to let folks know how to get in contact with Christian Law Association. So, Pastor Williamson, if you would pray. Yes, please. let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for uh, the blessing of having this broadcast today, getting some clarity from Dr. Gibbs. We thank you for the ministry that you placed in his heart so many years ago. Heard the testimony of it so many times and the great help it's been to our nation, to our churches, to believers. And Lord, thank you for their stand uh, on biblical rights, um, on, on the Constitution, and so many things, as he said, an avalanche of cases coming their way, that you'll give them wisdom, that you'll give them understanding, that you will help them in these cases, Lord, for the sake of the future of our country, uh, to win these cases, to set precedents for, for future cases, that these things will set the precedent of how future cases will be ruled. I pray for these churches that are going through these trials, for these Christians and believers that are going through these trials. And Lord, our nation is so confused. Sin has brought such confusion. And as Dr. Gibbs said, these young people have, have been fed these lies and they've turned aside after these lies and have wrought such confusion in their lives. We pray for their souls. We pray for their deliverance from darkness and sin to be brought into the light and saved by the grace of God. And Lord, we just pray your, your blessings and hedge of protection upon them. And as the lawyers that are there working in this firm, as they have their cases, Lord, that you will bless them with understanding. Yes, amen. And as they try to formulate and put these things together for, for a biblical argument that would win the case, that you'll give them unusual wisdom. Yes, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Dr. Gibbs, how, are, how do our listeners get a hold of Christian Law Association? So they can reach us on the World Wide Web very easily, christianlaw.org christianlaw.org and then there's all kinds of information and contact and information on all kinds of things that are happening or they can write us at post office box 8600 8600 post office box mason m-a-s-o-n ohio 45040 that's m-a-s-o-n ohio 45040 or they can call us toll free at 888-252- 1969. Now, the easiest way is just to go to christianlaw.org, and all of that information is on the web right there for them to be able to get to. And I want to remind our listeners, at noon Eastern time every day, we carry Legal Alert, and that will give you the up-to-date information concerning Christian Law Association and cases that they are handling. Dr. Gibbs, you've been a friend to GGR Radio. We thank you so much for being again with us today, and we trust God's blessings upon you, sir. Thank you for the privilege of letting me chat with you this morning. Lord bless what you're doing. It's critical for our nation. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless, man. Bye-bye. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have uh, our listeners on board this morning. Pastor Brett, good to have you with us this morning. We appreciate you joining us here on Weed Among the Tares. And join us every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, for this live broadcast. Trust that what you have heard this morning has been a blessing to you, and God bless you. Have a good day.